Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Well, do you have any room left after all that for the Word this morning? Okay, I did condense this Word and set a seven points. Two. Uh, Let's see what we do here. So this is one of my favorite services of the year because it's one of my favorite holidays of the year is Thanksgiving. So let's not waste any more time. Open your Bibles to Luke 17. Let's stand to our feet. And as we uh, talk about, I want to remind us all today about the thankfulness and how important it is that we are to be that way. Uh, While you're standing, I just remembered we did not take up an offering. Thank you. So, good place to get your wallets when you stand. So, um, there's four ways to give, and these are important offerings as we are closing out the year. I made a mention to you, very transparent as a pastor, you guys know that about our finances uh, and trending with last year. We were down a little bit. I mentioned that. And I just want to say that October was our biggest giving month of the year. So, thank you. God bless you for responding to that. Give yourselves a hand. It was amazing. Uh, don't think, okay, we don't have to give now. No, no, no. This is, uh, want to continue to close this year out. There's four ways to give. Uh, and this is actually an opportunity that we demonstrate how thankful we are by giving back to God. That's also a part of why we tithe and, and give an offering. Um, and so let's just pray over that right now. Father, we just pray over our finances. That's very serious. This time of year is, Father, we are, are counting our our, our, our budgets and everything, Father, our pennies and nickels and everything, God, and with everything going on in our culture and our society, we still lean to you and look to you for you are our source. I pray a blessing over this giving congregation that you would continue to, to bless us and open the windows of heaven so we could be a blessing. We could bless some children in foster care and some social workers, Lord. Thank you that we've been able to give so much this year to our community and to the families, Lord. Uh, in our community. Thank you, God. And I just pray a blessing over our finances in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Still standing, Luke 17. If you're giving through an envelope, you can hand that into the buckets on the way out at the end of the service. So I want to look at this short little story in Luke 17 and uh, where Jesus heals the lepers. There's 10 people with leprosy here. Chapter 17, Luke, verse 11. I read out of the New King James. And it says, Now it happened as he who went, as he went to Jerusalem, that's Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. If you had leprosy, uh, it still is a very contagious disease. Uh, but you are not allowed to be around people. And then you, you had to wear certain clothes. Rome made them wear certain garments so you could see them a mile away if they had leprosy. But the Jewish law required them also to shout unclean, unclean if you got close to them to warn you. So that's why they're standing afar off. But they recognized Jesus as he came. And these 10 men came and saw him. Verse 13, and they lifted up their voices. So they shouted and they said, Jesus, Master. We sung that song earlier today. Master, have mercy on us. Ten of them. If you can picture ten of them. 
that have been ostracized, that have had to say goodbye to their family when they were diagnosed with leprosy by the priest. They would have to take their uh, clothes off right there in that moment, put on the garments, and they would burn their clothes. They would go out the back door of the synagogue, never to see their family again in close distance. They had to stay a distance and live in exile. That was if you had leprosy. So these men were desperate. And Jesus, in verse 14, when Jesus saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourself to the priest. That was a part of the Jewish law, that if God did bring healing to you, that you were instructed to go back to the priest so he would confirm that, in fact, you've been healed. And then they would offer a gift of sacrifice to the Lord, thanking them for their healing. So God said, Jesus says, I want you to go and show yourself to the priest. Now watch this. And so it was as they went that they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, fell down on his face and at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And Luke tells us, by the way, he was a Samaritan. He wasn't a person that was in the Jewish law, wasn't familiar with the Jewish customs. He never was taught how to worship and praise, but he automatically wanted to come back and worship Jesus. Jesus says, were there not ten cleansed? Where's the other nine? Were there not any that found who, any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, arise and go your way, for your faith has made you whole. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray, God, we will be reminded of the truth and the power of being thankful and gratitude today. I pray your anointing upon our time, rest of our time together today, and we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Go ahead and grab a seat. God is good. Amen. This is uh, one of my favorite uh, Sundays of the year, leading up to one of my favorite holidays of the year is Thanksgiving. I love Christmas, but I love Thanksgiving. I just always have. Many of you know that. Many of you are, are my kind of people. How many are Thanksgiving people? Come on, somebody. Amen. Isn't God good? I don't know why I love it so much. Maybe because it's the first holiday uh, of the holiday season, uh, but it's always the house full of family, and, and, and of course, lions always play, and uh, so uh, good food and pies and all that good stuff, so uh, it's, just, it's just a fun time, and I love the holiday season, but there's a big debate I've noticed in many families this time of year, and that is, uh, when does Christmas officially begin? Before or after Thanksgiving? That, that, uh, and when can you play Christmas music? That, that, that's, the, that's the debate that uh, many of you have, and, and we have for many years, and, um, and so, I don't know, I, I think I'm, I'm going to read this little thing right here, and I think... Maybe I will be able to answer that and solve that problem once and for all on this Thanksgiving Sunday. Okay? So, let's see if I can do this. All right. So, when does Christmas begin was the debate on Thanksgiving Day. As Dad stood up and he began to say, Christmas must wait till we eat turkey, sides, and delicious pies. But mom disagreed. It's the tree and lights we love more. I cannot lie. Dad shouted, not before the parade and football. The king of competitions. But mom said, we must not wait to enjoy Christmas music and family traditions. This dilemma seemed endless and impossible to solve. 
But then the kids chimed in and all got involved. Christmas is better for we all get gifts, both large and small. And mom added, especially God's gift to man, the greatest gift of all. So everyone applauded and the debate seemed settled from all of the cheers. Then a voice from the back spoke up and filled every eye with tears. Pause for suspense. It was grandma who said, listen, everyone, these things are all good and true. But Thanksgiving is the day we get to say thank you. Okay, that's all I had. All right. I put that together Thursday. God gave it to me. So this is a questionable last verse. I don't know. I may put it in. To the ground, little Johnny flopped. As grandma stood in her top tens and did a mic drop. I don't. Okay, I don't know. I may put that in a little book for my lowest grandson and teach him about the greatest holiday ever. So maybe that will uh, settle some arguments. Maybe that will begin one. I don't know, but hey, you do what you want. Amen. So this Thanksgiving. But the point is the big difference between Christmas and Thanksgiving seems to be about the gifts. It seems to be about gifts, right? But I want to talk to you just for a few minutes today that there are gifts uh, uh, given by God when we are thankful. These are gifts, and I'm going to title this The Gifts of Gratitude as we look at our story. They're gifts of gratitude that God gives to his people when we are thankful. So just two things out of this story I want to give, and the first one is this. Number one, God expects... Our gratitude. I want you to know that. God expects our gratitude. The very first thing that Jesus says in this story, when they all came, is, where are the other nine? He looked at them and he said, was there not ten of you? I mean, I thank you that you came back, but I just got to say this. Was there not ten of you that I healed? Was there not ten of you that I blessed and and, and brought you through that season that you brought. Where's the other nine? Why is it so hard for us to be thankful? Why is it so hard that we, that we struggle? I mean, you know, we're thankful. We, we, we say that from time to time. But have we really done something like this man did to stop what he was doing? Very first thing that he did before he even went home, he just turned right around. Once the priest looked at him and said, yeah, you've been healed. In fact, all 10 of you have been healed. Right there at that moment, all 10 of them had an opportunity to say, man, I'm going to go back and find this Jesus, man, and, and, uh, and say, hey, thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Messiah, for healing me. But it was this Samaritan, this guy who did not, was not brought up in church who was not used to all the songs and the scriptures and the Psalms of David to hear about thankfulness. He never even heard that. He, was, he had to be in exile even from the Jewish traditions all of his life. But yet when he had this happen to him, automatically in his heart, in his life, he wanted to come back. But I got to think of what did the other nine do? Like what, what were they thinking? Like what kept them from coming back? Same thing that keeps us from coming back. One of them probably was saying, you know, I want to wait first and see if this cure really is real before I go back and thank Jesus. Another one probably says, you know, I don't think I really had leprosy. I think the doctor got it wrong from day one. I just had like a rash and everyone just kind of thought I had leprosy. 
You know, I know the priest confirmed it, but, you know, he wasn't on his game that morning. And so, you know, I mean, I, I don't even think I really had leprosy. I don't even think I had it. Maybe another one says, you know what, I, I'm thankful, but I just want to go live my life right now. I haven't been able to be with my family. I haven't been able to, you know, I finally got some money in my pocket. I finally got a, a little bit of money in my bank account. And, you know, I, I know I need to be thankful to God, but first, man, I want to buy that new car. I want to buy that new ride, them new clothes, man. I, I want to spend time with my family and hang out and, and, and everything like that. When I get time, I'll go back and I'll find Jesus. You know, he'll come back through Galilee again, right? Uh, Christmas is coming. I'll be in there for Christmas, you know, thanking God. You know, I got, I got time, but right now I just want to go live my life. And another one really probably said, you know, Jesus, I don't even think he really healed me because I was already improving. I was already getting better on my own. But the Bible says that one of them, when they were all standing there, and after they saw their skin, as they begin to go, by the way, uh, back to the priest, this is one of the few times in Scripture we have an example of what's called a progressive miracle. Jesus could have healed them right then and there on the spot, and they could have been made whole. We talked about this on Wednesday nights. These are different ways that God heals. But this time, he healed them through a progressive uh, um, manner in which was related and connected to their obedience. As they obeyed God, the healing began to manifest in their body. That's another sermon all by itself. And when they got back to the priest, then their skin was smooth like it was when they were a child. And they all begin to look at each other and say, man, look at you. I know, look at this. And they all begin to leave. But that one stopped and said, I'm not going to go any further unless I go back and find this Jesus. And when, I, when he found Jesus, he came back and he said, Rabbi, he said, Master. He said, I don't understand how you did it. I don't even know why I had leprosy. I don't even know why I had to go through that. I don't even know how you did it. But all I want you to know is I am thankful that you did it for me. I want to thank you for healing my body. Thank you, oh God. Thank you for what you did. It's not a little deal. It's a big deal. And I thank you. I don't even know if I'm doing this right. But I'm just going to say thank you, Jesus, for having grace and mercy on me. Because if it wasn't for you, I would still be with those guys. We would still be walking around. I would still be separated. I would still be isolated from my family. And I think here we can also see that there is a difference between being happy and being thankful. God isn't satisfied just to make us happy. Some of us as parents, we just want to make our kids happy. Shut up. Give them this toy. Just be happy. You know, I, I get it. But let me tell you something, God isn't that way. He says, I don't want to just make you happy. I'm not satisfied until I'm, you are thankful. The other, the other nine were happy. Oh, no doubt. Yes, absolutely. But this guy said, I'm just not going to be happy, but I'm going to come back and be thankful. God expects our gratitude. There's a scripture in 1 Thessalonians. We used to sing this growing up at Grace as a kid in Sunday school. We used to sing a lot of scriptures. And... Um, I do miss that. I love our new songs. And, but back in the day, we would sing literal scriptures. This was one of them. It says, give thanks in every circumstance, for this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus concerning you. You guys ever hear that song? In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of... I'm looking at my mama because I'm going to give her a microphone. How many would like to hear my mom sing that? Huh? You want to sing? 
Real quick, Ma, come on. Come on. Oh, you, can you sing it? Give thanks to the Lord, for this is the will of God in everything you do. Give thanks to the will of God. Give thanks to God, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Look at that. See that? Didn't add nothing to it, take nothing away, just plain scripture. That's awesome. A lot better than I could do it. Amen. So be, the Bible says be thankful. I want you to memorize that scripture. You, now you can sing it, get that melody in your mind. But I want you to notice what he says. He says, give thanks in every circumstance. He didn't say give thanks for every circumstance. You do need to know, know the difference in that. He's not telling us that we should be thankful for an illness or thankful for a tragedy. That's not what we're told to do. God doesn't expect us to say, thank you, Lord. That was an awesome car crash. Unless one time in our life, we had a guy hit our car and we were all fine, but it was a, it was a hoopty and the insurance gave us almost a brand new car. So I was thankful for God for that in Jesus name. Amen. So, uh, so that, Hey, that ain't, ain't mad at it, but this scripture doesn't say necessarily to thank God for, but he said, be thankful in every circumstance. In other words, we as Christians are different than those that don't know Christ. We're not like the other nine. We are like the one that came back. Why? Because he knew that as long as he had Christ and a relationship with Christ, that he can make it through anything this world can throw at you. And we are all given by God grace from him and in our relationship with God, we are expected to maintain a level of gratitude even in a season of suffering like Job would go through. Because God says one thing, this is temporary. Look at the person next to you and say, this is all temporary. No matter what you go through in life, this is not going to, it's not going to be like this forever. Every season has an expiration date. Every season. For the believer, this is the worst it will be for us right here on earth. That's the worst we'll ever experience is what we experience here on earth if you're, if you're a believer. If you're a non-believer, this is the best that it will ever be for you is what you experience on earth. Because when we have Christ, we have eternal life. We have his presence. We have his promises. One of them is that all things work together for the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So it doesn't matter what we go through. It doesn't matter what you experience. We know when we got God that he is faithful and somehow he's going to make a way when it seems like there is no way. I don't understand it, but I know I got God. And as long as I got God, I don't need to have fear. I don't need to have panic, anxiety, worry, shame, because God's got it and it's going to work out. If you believe that, then you'll be able to maintain this level of gratitude. This is a fact about God. Because the goodness of God is not contingent upon our circumstances, but upon his character. The goodness of God isn't contingent upon our circumstances. He's good before you went through that season. He's good while you're in that season. And guess what? He's going to be good when you come out on the other side, no matter what that season's going to be. He is good, as we say all the time, because that's who he is. He's always good. It's just we have a hard time seeing it. 
And a couple of weeks ago, like I was saying, something God's been dealing with me is we need to do a better job in letting people know what we stand for instead of only what we're against. The church needs to quit being in such a defensive posture all the time. We need to take the gate. The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent will take it by force. Come on, somebody. We don't have to just, you know, take whatever comes our way and our families dealt with that. Or statistically, I have been brought up this way in a single parent home. Or I got this. Or my mom and dad battled this. Or, or oh no, I'm starting to show signs. I'm going to become just like that. I went through one marriage. My marriage ended. Oh well, here's that cycle again. I'm telling you what, you can break any cycle right there where you are in the name of Jesus Christ. Right there. You can break it. Right there. Amen. Four of you believe that. Can break any cycle, can break any chain through faith in Jesus Christ. Because it's based upon his character. Job knew this. Job knew this when he lost everything. And he says, his wife says to him, why don't you just curse God and die? Look at you. You still going to serve your God after you are where you are? I mean, you've been a Christian all this time, and look at you. You're already dealing with this. You're unemployed. You're sick. You're go- your marriage is on the rock, and you want me to be, uh, you know, serve your God? Why don't you just do like me? Just forget about God. If that's the way he's going to treat you, how would you like to have a wife like that? That's exactly what Job did. He lost everything. And he looked at him and he says, should we only take the good and not the bad when it comes to serving God? He says, you sound like a foolish woman, even though he kills me, yet will I trust him. How many can say that? Even if he slay me, even if I didn't get healed with leprosy, I'm still going to be thankful. I'm still going to be faithful. I'm still going to follow Jesus from Galilee to Samaria. I'm going to go everywhere he goes because if I didn't get my miracle today, I'm not giving up until I get it tomorrow. I'm going to be there the next day. I'm going to be there the next day. I don't know why it's taking me so long. I don't know why everybody else is getting blessed. I don't know why it didn't work out for me. But I know one thing. It's not because of the character of God. It's not because God ain't good. It ain't because God's not true. It's not because God's not faithful. I'm telling you, he is in spite of what I go through. In spite of what I go through. Hallelujah. 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 I know we may have some visitors today. Like, whoa. He started out like a Presbyterian. Now he's Pentecostal. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving in heaven. I get excited about God. He's been too good for me, man. Hey, he's been, you, you, you can just look at me and say, man, yes, he's so good. I'm telling you, Jesus has set me free. He has, these ain't just songs that I sing. I know how it is to battle addiction. I know how it is to be in a cycle. I know how it is to be over the head with shame and deep, deep, deep down think that I really can't live this life. I know how that is. And if I did, if I told people, man, I wouldn't get, you know, people found out what I did, they would not be sitting so close to me. I know how it is living in that world and living in that life. And these things about Jesus and gratitude and leprosy are like, whoa, cool stories. God doesn't want to be a cool story. God wants to be a reality in your life. And I'm telling you on this Thanksgiving Sunday that God is real and he wants to be real to his people. Not a, not a religion. Not a stained glass windows and boring church. But I'm talking exciting where God is changing lives. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. 
Then the second thing, this is it. I'm going to land here for the next few minutes. I told you. Hallelujah. First thing is that God expects our gratitude. And let me just say that before I get into the second one here, is that we as Christians need to show people the goodness of God. We, we need to show people the goodness of God. Because the enemy does a great job in, in hiding the goodness of God to people, like through the things I just said. When they go through hard times, they're quick to say, well, why did God allow that? Why did God do that? And I've been talking about that for the last few weeks. We are called, and I've been really working on this message, about the glory of God. God wants to restore his glory upon his people. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are to be bearers of the glory of God. And one of the ways we do that is show the goodness of God, even in our struggles. Job did. Because the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It's the goodness of God. One of the last things I saw in my life is God's favor and blessing upon my younger brother who had more for him emotionally and spiritually at a teenage age than I did at 25 years old, married and two daughters. I mean, I had money in the bank, but man, that that peace and everything else that that he had going for him, I knew I didn't have that, that contentment in that. But it was the goodness of God that I want to move on is what led me to repentance. So he expects our gratitude. Number two, God rewards our gratitude. And this is the whole main point of the message is in verse 19. He rewards our gratitude. How many believe that God is a rewarder? He is a rewarder. The Bible says that everyone that believes in God must believe, number one, that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11 tells us that. that we are, number one, to believe in God. If anyone comes to God, let him first believe there is a God. We all got that. But secondly, the writer says, not only just believe that he's God, but believe he's a good God. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So it's okay to say, God, I'm seeking you. I'm giving you all of my heart. I'm leading my family like you saw the two men today, bringing their family into church and leading them here and, and doing their best. And I know they're not perfect. I don't know Nathaniel that much, but I know Reese and Diana. I tell you, he's not. Hallelujah. All of us aren't. My wife would tell you I'm not. Right, Gary? Mary done told me you're not. Amen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Even though we got the same jacket on. Amen. So, hallelujah. We're not, but we're, we're required and expected by God to do our best and make him a priority and to seek him. He's a rewarder. When we have a thankful spirit. How how about you, uh, parents? When your kids are very thankful. How many got kids that are easy to buy gifts for? Because you can wrap up an old shoe and they'll be happy. How many of you are blessed with that? Because that's a blessing. How many if you bought your son a Porsche, he would complain about the color? Come on, somebody. Anybody? I'm just not looking. Amen. That's just the society we're living in. I got uh, family members that, man, you, you just give them anything, they'll be so happy. My nephew Isaiah is one of them. I don't mean to brag on him, but I'll brag on him. You can give him a flower. You can give him a shoe. Seriously, be like, cool, so cool. And he'll be so happy. I'm like, man, here's another shoe. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you just want to give him two shoes. Where's he at? Is he here today? Staying home? Oh, River Kids. I was about to say something else. Okay, he's in church. Good. No, I'm just kidding. He's at church, amen. But you, when you find someone that is thankful, you want to reward that. Where do we get that from? The Bible says we're made in the image of God and in his likeness. 
The likeness is the personality, the laughter, the things to laugh about. Where do we think we get our sense of humor, our ability to laugh? It's from God. And and the ability to to want to be a rewarder uh, of those that are thankful, that's a part of God's nature. Hebrews 11 tells us that. I just shared it with you. And when we are thankful to God, he says, man, I can bless that. In fact, I want to bless that. Come on, somebody. I want to bless that. I want to bless that. Verse 19 shows us the whole thing. When he came back to Jesus, the one came back. And he stood before Jesus. Now, I want you to get this. In our Wednesday night, learning how to study the Bible, we've been breaking down words and showing how to use a lexicon and all that stuff and Greek and Hebrew. It's been great. Really, really good feedback. Here's an example of using that Wednesday night. Verse 19, Jesus said, Arise, go your way, for your faith has made you whole. Now, if you just read that, you're like, why is he repeating himself? He already made him whole a couple of verses earlier. Why is Jesus, you know, I know he's upset because only one came back, but we've already heard that sermon, Jesus. Why are you saying it again? No, no, when you break down the words here, he didn't say, uh, just go your way and you're made whole like he already did earlier. No, the word whole that he used here is different than the one he made earlier when he healed them. And he said, this is the Greek word, sozo. It's the same word for us that we use for being saved. It means to be saved, to protect, watch this, to be made whole on the inside. When we have an attitude of gratitude, there's something on the inside that God begins to work and to heal and to improve and make better. It's only when we have this kind of attitude that God says, I'm going to do something on the inside. The others got their skin made clean. This man made his, had his heart made clean. The other men looked good on the outside. Yeah, they got that back. They were looking good, back to their family. But the inside walked into his door, and his wife said, not only do you look different, but man, there's something different about you. And he's going to say, because I had an encounter with Jesus, and he saved me. The other ones just went to church and got blessed. This guy got transformed. Can I tell you, there's two totally different things. This man said, I met with Jesus, and he made me whole, complete. And I love that he said, and to protect him. It also means to protect him. Don't know what happened if the other ones, maybe the other ones, you know, because of their attitude, I don't know, maybe it came back. Leprosy came back. I don't know. But this guy, Jesus said, because you've been thankful, because you've been able to just stop and come back and give me thanks and praise, I'm going to protect you, and you're going to be healed from leprosy till the day you are taken home. It's not going to be leprosy that takes you out because of your attitude of gratitude. That's what our attitude can do. Attitude can change everything about a person. It's like the thermostat in this room. I can walk up to one of those thermostats in our building and just hit a little button, and 37,000 square foot will be affected and changed in a few minutes by just a couple of buttons on a dial. Our attitude is the same way when it comes to things of God. You can have a King James 1611 under your arm, memorized, tattooed across your chest. You can know every song. We can know every song. We can come to every service. We can know these things in and out and even win the dodgeball tournament. Come on, somebody. But if our attitude, hear me today, this is true. If our attitude is not in line with the way God wants us to be, we ain't going to get nothing from God. He's all about the heart. The whole Bible from cover to cover is all about the heart. 
all about the heart. Jesus even says, well did, when he looked at the Pharisees and the religious people, he said, well did Isaiah say about you guys that you worship God with your lips, but your hearts are far from him. That's amazing. It's about the heart. Now let me give you some, some gifts, and then we're going to close with a song of gratitude. Here's some gifts that I just found in the Bible. The first one was deliverance. And this is something that will come from thanking God. I was thinking of Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas in the book of Acts, you can go back and read it. There they were in chains inside of a prison. And for if anyone didn't have a reason to thank God, it would be them too. Because of them doing the work of God, they ended up being thrown into prison. You ever do the right thing and get the wrong result? You ever go to witness to somebody or make a stand for Christ and get shut down, embarrassed, and ostracized from family and friends just because you want to live a Christian life? And you're like, whoa, you guys were loving me when I was getting turned up every week. And now I'm not better than you. I just don't want that no more. I want to seek God. Man, everybody's just hating on me. Haters are going to hate. I'm going to tell you that right now. This is how it is. Paul and Silas did that. They, they did a good thing. They delivered a young girl from a demon spirit, casted the devil out of her, and they got thrown into prison. And the Bible says they were put in the inner prison, the deepest part of the prison. And it was at midnight, the darkest hour of the night. And all the other prisoners were listening to see what Paul and Silas would do. Sometimes people are going to watch to see how you handle the storms that you go through just to see if you're going to be like Job or you're going to be like many of us do and just say, I don't want the other nine be like, I'm out. I'm not going to really come back and make an effort. And as they watched Paul and Silas, Paul looked over to Silas and said, hey, you know what? Let's just begin to worship God. And I believe they sung that song that mama did. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. Silas was like, shut up. Paul was like, oh, in everything give thanks. But this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It wasn't too bad. And then Silas was like, yeah. And then both of them begin to sing. You guys know what happened as they both begin with, with marks on them. They had no one in there with some, you know, mercure cone. What was that stuff you used to put on us when we were kids? Mercure cone? That red stuff? We'd show up at the playground and be like, hey, what's up? They'd be like, Whoa! <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? Mercure comb. Amen. Hallelujah. Others of you, just fake it, brother. Look it up. It's good. They didn't have no antibiotics. They didn't have none of that. They was in pain. Here's the point. They were in pain for being a Christian, for living for God. They didn't have no Pastor Steve there. Now, come on, join us and get worshiping God. They had nobody. Nobody. Ain't no choir. Nothing. It was dark. I ain't got time to go deep into that, man. That's a powerful story there. But what happened? The Bible says, as they begin to give thanks and begin to worship. Worship is giving thanks. The Bible says something crazy begin to happen. The chains begin to loose its hold. Those chains begin to say, whoa, whoa, I can't hang on to this. I can hang on to negativity. I can hang on to unbelief. I can hang on to willful sin. I can hang on to all this shady, dark stuff. But man, when you begin to let God give glory, i got to let go because I can't hang with the light. I can't hang with the light. And the chains begin to come off. And the Bible says the whole place was shaken and the doors were opened up. And they walked right out. 
The Philippian jailer was so blown away in his mind what he saw, he knew he was going to be responsible for them escaping. So he took a sword and he was going to kill himself. But something you may never realize, they were so thankful when the glory of God was on them, it just caused that suicide spirit to just fall and lose its hold. And the Philippian jailer dropped that sword and said, I want to be a believer just like you. In fact, me and my whole house. All because two brothers in the Lord had a spirit of uh, gratitude. Just because they were thankful. Deliverance, second one. Peace of God. The peace of God. Don't underestimate this. This is deep. This is powerful. You know how many people would pay to have peace? You know how many people try right now to get peace? I mean, prescriptions are at an all-time high. Opioid abuse, we all know it. It's huge, especially here in Southeast Michigan. we got a major, major problem. Well, why? Why did I used to get high? Because I wanted to numb the pain. I wanted to have that peace. And you never get the first one anyway after you do the first one. And you never really get it because when you come back off, you got to face the same problems you did before you was on. So it's just a cycle. It's like, you know, switching chairs on the Titanic. You leave one problem just to go sit in another spot. But guess what? The whole ship's going to go down, bro. But God says, listen, i got something better than any pharmaceutical could ever give you. Look at the scripture. You probably have never connected the dots, but Philippians, Paul tells us again, he's in jail writing this letter. He's in jail. The brother's in a Philippian jail. It's a lot better than Wayne County. Just ask me how I know. I'm just telling you, it's a lot better. Philippians, he says, don't be anxious about anything. Boy, that would be, that, that's life-changing. Don't be anxious about anything. Well, you don't know what I go through. But watch this. In every situation... By prayer and petition. Every situation, bring it to God in prayer. With thanksgiving, watch this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul said, when you begin to just pray about it and give God the praise, even before it happens, when you really begin to do that and get a hold of what I'm saying, God says, I'm going to reward that and give you this peace that transcends all understanding. People won't even understand how you have peace when you're going through what you're going through. I remember that with my mom just uh, this time during the holidays, she was battling breast cancer. I remember we couldn't be by her and all that was going on. And we just FaceTiming her. And man, the effects of chemo is awful. Many of you know about that. You've had to go through that yourselves or see family. And I watched mom and, you know, not just the hair. It's got so many things. It's tough. It's during Christmas, man. And Thanksgiving. Come on. Y'all know I love Thanksgiving. And we couldn't be together and just doing the FaceTiming and praying and Almost every day we FaceTime, and I'll never forget, but mom and dad every morning would just pray. Sometimes dad would lean over in the middle of the night because mom would just be having all these symptoms and problems. He'd lay his hand on her, and one thing he would pray, Father, let your peace be upon Mary right now. And it did. It's not just a cute scripture that we can share. A woman lived it. And I would talk to her, and I'd say, how you doing, boss? Because everything's falling apart, but I got the peace of God. This is before she got... The final release that she's cancer-free. This was after they told her it spread to her lymph nodes. 
This was after it told her, hey, you know what? It's not going to be looking good. Got to do radiation too. We got to do this. It was in the middle of that season. She's able to look into that face camera and her cheeks in red and wearing that bandana and say, I know it don't make sense, but I got peace in my soul. You can't buy that, people. There ain't no religion out there that can give you that. Ain't nobody can get you that. But God said, I give it to all my children who will just be thankful. Hallelujah. I got two more. You got time? Come on. Hallelujah. Contentment. This is another reward that God rewards. Gratitude is contentment. They go together like turkey and dressing. How many got a favorite side that you eat with a turkey? When I say three, I want you to say that favorite side out loud. Ready? One, two, three. Woo! Greens, beans, man. I gotta do that song. Come on, yeah. I'm a pie guy. Pumpkin pie, sweet potato pie. I'll eat everything out of pie. Jesus is so good. Woo! Hallelujah. Turkey and dressing go so good. These sides go together. They feed off each other. Listen, contentment and gratitude, they go together. Gratitude will make the things that you have become enough. Let me say that again. Gratitude will make the things that you have become enough. Some of you getting it. Gratitude will make the things that you have become enough. That's our problem. We are just in a society, and I think there's a lot of things that attribute to this that causes us to be what's next? What's next? What's next? Going on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Today's about slowing down and saying, hey. Let's be thankful. Thanksgiving is about, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was reading George Washington when he made his proclamation to the United States. You ought to read that. Look that up. Number one, it's coming from the White House. Whoa, it was like a sermon. I decree and declare that this day for the rest of the history that all Americans would stop and give thanks to the almighty God who has given us all things to enjoy. I was like, you're reading that. It's like reading, reading Charles Spurgeon, a sermon. It's the president. It's amazing. It wasn't just religious, you know, ecumenical. God is good. Amen. Blessed us. It was, man, thank God for his divine ability. has blessed every family. But contentment and gratitude go together. Paul said, I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. It's something you've got to learn. We're not naturally, normally content. You have to learn. Paul said, I've learned. I've been wealthy. I've been poor. I have been broke. I've been broke. I had shoes that looked like Adidas, but they were really tracks from Kmart. I had them. I had a dude steal them off my feet, get 10 feet away from me and go, wait a minute, these ain't Adidas. Throw them back to us. I've had that happen. Me and my friend, I've, I've grew up poor. I grew up without. I grew up. I just want to hear something crazy. There was a time in my life I just wanted a, a car that had really nice car doors that shut. You didn't need a bungee cord. You didn't need a hanger. Had this awesome station wagon that I got from an awesome woman and had to make payments on it. It was $300. I had to make payments on a $300 car for my wife and kids. And I remember coming out of Taco Bell, our favorite place to eat, amen, on Dick's. It has that sharp drive, that, that driveway. And I came down like that, and the back door would always open. So I'd hit the brake, and it'd slam it shut. So I come out of that drive-thru and I hit on dicks and I just pulled in front of this car because this is how I drive. Oh, man. All anointed men drive fast. It's in the Bible. I think it's in there. 
And I did at that time, but my tie rod broke. And the back door flew open. And I looked over, and this lady was in this car. She saw me coming. I said, I can't stop. Here we go. Thank God her brakes worked. And I hit the brakes, and I went, boom, and shut that back door, but I wobbled all the way over to the gas station. Taco Bell everywhere. I called my father-in-law, who's watching now. He's like MacGyver. This guy, is a, he's just a pro at everything. He showed me how to fix a ball joint on a car, guys, with a coat hanger. I fixed it with a coat hanger and drove home. God is good. <laughs> Amen. So I've had those kind of cars. And I remember, you think it's stupid now, but I get a new car, I will put anointing oil on that dash. I know I'm goofy. What goofy thing do you do when no one's looking? And I'll say, thank you, God, for this car. Thank you, Jesus, for this car. I think, I pray that it will run until you say for me to get a new one. I thank you for this car. I take care of my car. I clean the car out. Some of us want a new car. You got six years of McDonald's on that back dash. Come on, bro. Let's, let's clean up what God's given us. I'm trying to help somebody. Okay, I'm going over my time. Contentment and last thing is the presence of God and the favor of God. This is where I'll pick up next week when I talk about the glory and the favor of God. The favor of God, the, the man with the leprosy got Jesus' undivided attention just because he was thankful. Listen, you want to get Jesus' undivided attention? Be thankful. He had a one-on-one audience with the Messiah. If you look at King David's life, as the worship team comes, I want us to end with one song today. As you look at King David's life, you'll see he had the favor of God. If anybody had the favor of God, it was David. And you look at his prayer life. Look at his prayer life, how he prayed. He would ask God. He prayed three times a day. But he would give thanksgiving seven times a day. Seven times a day, he would just stop, not ask God for anything, and say, God, I want to just thank you. I want to thank you for what you've done in my life. And God said, man, I want to bless that. So this Thanksgiving service today, the only thing I wanted to leave us out of here as we go home, and be, I don't care what situation you are in, I'm sure we can be thankful in it. It's more than just a sermon. I'm telling you, you will attract the peace of God. You can attract deliverance. You can attract contentment. Oh, my Lord. And the favor of God in your life. Will you stand with me today? We're going to sing just, I thought it would be appropriate to kind of go out with one more song. One song for the day is... We prepare, there's no midweek service this week and church office is closed. Uh, we'll be in the office on Tuesday, but the rest of the week will be closed and just enjoy your family. But can we be thankful this week? It's more than, we should talk about it more than Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. You just close your eyes right now and just focus in on Jesus, how good he is. Hallelujah. No matter what you're going through, Lord, I pray you would help us have a spirit of gratitude. If you're in this place or you're watching online and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe you came to dodgeball last night and you wanted to check the church out. I thank you so much for coming. hope you had a good time. We play a lot of sports here, but one thing we take very seriously is the message and the Word of God. What's more important than anything is your relationship with God. Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know where you would go if you died tomorrow? Are are you sure? You can be sure today 
It's not joining the church. It's not getting a certain Bible. It's not praying to all these saints and all this stuff. It's simply having a heart that is willing to surrender to God. Say, I believe in Jesus Christ. And he wasn't just a a man in history, but he is the Messiah. He died for me and he rose again on the third day. I believe that. He's forgiven me of all of my sins. And for that, I'm thankful. If you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, with every head bowed and eyes closed, and those of you that are at home, you can listen to this as well. If you need to say yes to Jesus, why don't you put in the chat, pray for me, I need Jesus. If you're here in the building, just lift your hand and say, pray for me. I need to accept Jesus on this Thanksgiving Sunday today. Is there anyone today that say, pray for me today? I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I want to say yes to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I see the hand. Anyone else? Pray for me today. Pray for me today. Anyone else? Pray for me today. You can put your hand down once you lift it. Hallelujah. Anyone? Hallelujah. Well, this is all we do. We ask God to forgive us of our sins. Just repeat this after me and then we're going to worship. Say, Heavenly Father. Come on, everybody say it with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for Jesus. I am a sinner. I have sinned. And I ask you today to forgive me of all my sins. Make me clean on the inside. And from this day forward, help me to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Have you prayed that prayer? We believe you got saved, man. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, and God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.